What is up, guys? We are back almost at the end of week five in the NFL. If you're watching Monday Night Football, Matt Breda just scored on that 80-yard-plus touchdown run where he waved goodbye to the Browns' defense as he went into the end zone. It is me, Michael, with Roland. Zay couldn't join us tonight. John might join us a little later, but we got week five and week six of college football coming at you. Maybe some a little baseball, Roland. We got a little baseball coming their way. With uh, the, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Fun fact: the only reason Roland is on right now is because there's a rain delay for the Nats game. Otherwise, uh, actually isn't. <laughs> oh, so but he. I've got it on, so we're all good. All right, he's multitasking. <laughs> I'm multitasking, watching Monday Night Football. But we're here to bring you our thoughts from, like I said, Week Five of the NFL. Some crazy upsets. And week six of college football, one crazy upset comes directly to my mind. But, Roland, I'm going to start it off with you. Did anything catch your eye from week five of the NFL or week six of college football? Um... Also, Richard Sherman just picked off Baker Mayfield, so... Wow. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really good games this week. Um, I didn't watch them all, obviously, uh, but uh, some of the ones that kind of surprised me, uh, the Panthers-Jaguars was a really good game. Um, The Texans-Falcons was interesting as well. Um, Texans putting up... 53 points on the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, even though even though the scoreline suggests that the Cowboys-Packers game was a little bit closer, uh, we both said last week that we think that uh, this is where you're going to kind of see that the Cowboys were overrated, and it totally looks like they are. So that was, that was kind of interesting to get right. Um, yeah, just Colts going off... Going off the Cowboys thing, um, and then I'll let you finish. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. the I have to go back on my word. I believe a couple episodes ago I said the Cowboys were potentially Super Bowl contenders, looking real good. I spoke too soon. They had just played the Giants, and we're kind of seeing now that, like you said, Roland, if the, when they're playing good teams, they're not as dominant. Dak isn't as good. Um, Zeke was not anything like the highest paid running back. I don't. I mean, yes, there are injuries to the Cowboys O line. That's part of the game. You got to learn to win without it. Um, Everybody's injured, right? You know. Uh, what other games did you mention? You said the Bears Raiders, and what was the other one? Um. Oh, Colts Chiefs. Oh yeah, that was a good game. Pat Mahomes. Has been a little bit shut down the past two weeks. Um, maybe we'll go through the slate of games that happen and we'll do a little tidbit and go a little deeper into each one. Um, but what about college football? Um, I didn't watch a whole ton of college football. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the, uh, the Georgia game. Um, and that was, you know, again, it kind of looked like Georgia 
Georgia versus Tennessee, like Tennessee looked pretty good in the first half, and then you know, typical what you would have expected from from Georgia. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really get a whole lot of good games right. uh, from college football. That's all right. I only watched the. Um, the the Gators Auburn game, which I thought was oh, the best right. game this weekend, biased opinion for sure, but also when the seven plays the ten and it's two SEC teams, it's gonna yeah. be a good game. Um, what did I think? I think Florida has come much a long way from their opener against Miami, but the real test is next week. If they beat LSU next week in Death Valley, that easily validates Florida as a top team. Um, they their next three weeks go LSU, South Carolina, Georgia. Very feasible to see the Gators going one and two in that stretch, losing to LSU in Death Valley, and playing Georgia at in Jacksonville. I think they play at a neutral site, but those are going to be good games. Right. College game game day is going to be in Baton Rouge. That kind of tells you, you know, the best game of the weekend. So definitely something to look out for. Um, college football. Like I said, didn't watch a bunch of other games. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, this this game doesn't mean a whole lot except for you know people that are that are in the armed services. But Navy Air Force, it was a really good game. But Navy was up, uh, I think twenty one to like nine or something like that going into fourth quarter, and Air Force came back and made it really interesting. So uh, it was definitely a fun game if people didn't check. People didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, it was what, really cool. So, what is Air Force style of play? Because Army and Navy play a lot of run. Um, yeah, I think this is honestly probably one of the one of the first, or like you know, I've only gotten a chance to watch Navy Air Force play a couple times. Um, but I'd say that I don't, all the all the all the service academies they they all seem to have a a pretty run-heavy offense, um, and uh, but I think Air Force does have a have a lot more in their passing game okay. um, than than Navy and Air Force or than Navy and Army do. Um, but you know, it's it's a lot of the same route. Okay, so we are kind of heading towards the real meat of schedules. Um, Excuse me. Like I said, Florida's playing LSU. Oh, I got the hiccups. Texas, I think, is playing Oklahoma, which is another big game. Both are ranked yeah. in the top 11. And, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of games that have playoff implications because in the top 10, there are four SEC teams. Jeez. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. They are not going to all come out undefeated. Like we've mentioned, Florida plays LSU. Florida plays Georgia. Bama's going to end up playing LSU and Auburn. And then the winner of the SEC East, which will probably be Florida or Georgia. So the SEC representative in the college football playoff is going to have an impressive resume. I don't really buy into... Yes, they play soft teams in the middle of their schedule, but so do a lot of teams. But if you, especially if you're Alabama or LSU, for them to beat the other is a big deal. For them to beat potentially Georgia, who's 
ranked third right now, it's a big deal. So college football, these we got some real good matchups coming on. If you're free on Saturday afternoons, I highly recommend looking at the schedule, finding a top team, just watching them play because you're going to see some good football. Um, Clemson's kind of all alone in the ACC. This Auburn-Texas game has very big implications for the Big 12. If if Texas wins, both Oklahoma and Texas will have one loss, so that'll come down to their conference championship. Wisconsin has looked great with Heisman candidate Jonathan Taylor and a very stout defense, one of the best in the country. Notre Dame still nine. I'm not convinced they're a very good team, even after their competitive loss to Georgia. Penn State is still undefeated. I want to see them play the heavyweights like Ohio State, who is ranked for, tied for third with Georgia. So there are a lot of good teams. The top nine of the top ten are undefeated, with the lone not undefeated being Notre Dame. But there's a lot of good college football to go on, a lot of good players. So it's definitely good football to watch on Saturdays. Yeah, for sure. And then sometimes you'll just get a sneaky good game that you didn't expect. You never know with college football. All right, let's move on to Thursday or NFL. Or do, do you want to do baseball in between or go straight into NFL? It's up to you. Um, we can do baseball real quick. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, right now, uh, all the NLDS game series are still going on. So tomorrow um, is the or so, sorry, all the all the division series are going on. So if anyone you know lives under a rock or doesn't follow any baseball but listens to the podcast and is getting all their information from us a week later, um, the Nats uh, won the wild card in a stunner uh, over the Milwaukee Brewers and are playing the Dodgers right now. Um, And the Tampa Bay Rays uh, beat the Oakland Athletics uh, pretty thoroughly um, and are currently playing the Houston Astros. Now, uh, both NLDS teams are pl- have have or are playing today, or both NLDS series are playing today. Um, the Cardinals just beat the Braves in extra innings to force a game five. So both teams season on the line. Um, the Braves had a chance to clinch it uh, and didn't. Um, now, uh, currently. The Nats are playing the Dodgers, and uh, as of right now, it's bottom of the fifth. I realize people are going to be listening to this like well after the fact, but Nats are up, um, which is good because they're down in the series. They're down 2-1 in the series. Uh, any baseball fan knows that the NLDS is a best of five, so this is a must. It's winner win or stay home for the Nats. Um, okay. <laughs> so... Uh, they'd like to, you know, force game five and go out to LA and try and try and beat the best team, the best record in, in baseball right now. So, um, yeah. And then 
the ALDS are actually, I, it's also interesting, but uh, both teams that are up in the series, so the ALDS is a day behind the NLDS. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, the ALDS is going on that day. Um, and the Yankees are up 2 nothing on the Twins, Minnesota Twins. And um, so they have a chance to clinch uh, and go to the ALCS. Um, now, obviously, it's must win for the Twins. Uh, they have to win out if they have any, any hopes of, of staying alive. And uh, the Houston Astros are also up to nothing on the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, Twins and Rays are both in the same situation. Their season is... I mean, it's over if they don't win tomorrow, um, and they'll be swept. Um, but that's interesting because, you know, that there's going to be some sitting around time for, for the LCS games, um, you know. So I'm going to correct one thing. I'm looking at oh. ESPN. The Rays are down 2-1 on Houston Astros. Oh, did they play today? I, yeah, I think so. And Tampa Bay... So I have a question for you. Tampa Bay won ten to three. Is that indicative of the Rays, and maybe they just got off to a slow start, or is that kind of, is that kind of normal in the sense that maybe the Astros had an off game or something like that? Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I think I have to think that it's just an off game for the Astros because. Um, I mean, again, like we spoke about when we did our podcast on baseball, uh, none of these teams are pushovers. I mean, the Nats actually just scored, I think, a three-run homer. Yep. And uh, are now leading the Dodgers 5-1, you know, arguably one of the best teams in baseball. Like, none of these teams are pushovers. Baseball is a weird sport, you know. You're never going to see... Uh, you know, that game, um, Redskins versus the Patriots, Patriots are going to win that matchup 99 out of 100 times. Um, baseball is weird. It just takes one pitch that doesn't go, you know, in the right spot. And, I mean, it can totally change everything. Um, it's super unpredictable. There's never any ties. I mean, uh You'll see, like, like the Dodgers or the Yankees lose to an awful team, uh, like five nothing or something, and you have to just take it with with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, it's one game. Houston's a very talented team. Um, I think they're still gonna get it done. Um, but that is interesting. I, I didn't realize that they played today. So yeah. Do you have, at this point, who would you say are the favorites in the AL and the favorite in the NL? If you had to guess right now who comes out and plays for the World Series. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of the AL games just because there's none of the, none of the teams that, that I really like in the AL are in right now. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm okay towards the Astros. Um... The way that the Yankees are, are handling the Twins, who had, uh, I believe, 
like 97 wins or something like that uh, is, you know, pretty impressive. Um, I think that, you know, Xavier and I both picked Houston to beat New York, but I could honestly see Houston or New York in that, in this world series. And I could honestly see Houston or New York winning the title. Okay. So, um, in the NL, uh, I, I still, you know, I'm rooting for the Nats with everything I got, but, uh, I still feel that the Dodgers are my favorite to, to come out of the national league. Um, if they can get past the Nats, I think that, uh, the Braves can give them some, some trouble, but I think the Braves are still young. Um, the Dodgers just have this, this long playoff experience. So it's hard to root against them. Um, or not not hard to root against them, but it's hard to bet against them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, just if you don't know when games are, guys, just go to ESPN, see who's on tonight. Usually, like Roland said, it's every other day is one side of the bracket, and the next day is the other side of the bracket. Um, so the World Series is coming up slowly. As is, gonna switch topics real quick. Is the NBA season preseason has started? And two big takeaways from New Orleans, Zion's already dunking on people, and Lonzo can shoot threes now. His shooting form is way better. So if you're not a big NBA fan, I think the Pelicans and the Hawks might be two young teams that might be very fun to watch, especially New Orleans with Zion, who can just dunk on everyone, and you got some nice young players like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram from the Lakers and Josh Hart. They could be very young and exciting. And in the future, maybe make a good playoff push. And just Zion just brings some electricity to the, cl- the crowd. And uh, I know Lonzo may not have lived up to his draft status yet, but he has all the tools to do so. So I am very high on New Orleans. And if I get the chance, I will be watching New Orleans. As long as Zion and Lonzo stay healthy. If not, things change. <laughs> okay. Who Who is your team? I feel like I, I know for a fact I've asked you this before, but I forget. So. Yeah, it's okay. Um, as the Steelers, or I'm sorry, as the Niners score another touchdown with Matt Breida, who happens to be on my bench in one of the leagues, but it's okay. Um, so... NBA, now I kind of just follow players. I like watching I like watching the Warriors play because they like shoot the ball really well and they play some good basketball. Um, I always liked watching Giannis play. I liked watching Russell Westbrook. But I am always... I like watching LeBron play. I always kind of pull towards the Bulls because when Derrick Rose was there pre-injury... He was so he was my favorite player like after Kobe. He was so fun to watch and at, the injuries just devastated him. Um so I, I kind of just pull for the Bulls a lot just because of Derrick Rose. Okay. But unfortunately they're not good and Derrick Rose isn't there, but man, <laughs> when he was there like 2008 and 2009, he was one of the best. And whenever those like tweets or Instagram come up and they're just like, if you had to choose one player who never got injured, who would it be? For me, it's always Derrick Rose. 
So that's great. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the NFL. Um, so starting with Thursday night's game, the Seahawks versus the Rams. The NFL treated us to another beautiful Thursday night football game coming down to the wire. Some could argue that the Rams should have won this game, but they didn't. Greg Zerline missed a 44-yard field goal to win the game, unfortunately. But I think this game... Roland, did you watch the game? Uh, oh, actually, no, I had work. Okay. I'm, unfortunately, they like to schedule me on... <laughs> Dang it seems football. always on football nights. Oh, dang. The Bills just made a trade. They traded Zay Jones to the Raiders. I'll get back. When we when we get to the Bills game, I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but for me, the Thursday night game really showed how great Russell Wilson is. I think a lot of people know he's a good quarterback, but I don't think they realize just how good he is. Mm. And for him to pull out this win, he's just fun to watch. Just his escapability, making great throws. His receivers make great plays on his balls. So, Seahawks are fun to watch. And I'm glad this week Thursday Night Football was great. Last week Thursday Night Football was great. Unfortunately, next week it will probably not be as great. It is the New York Giants against the New England Patriots. Prediction, it's not going to be pretty for Daniel Jones. Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks is... Not good for rookie quarterback. So, we'll see. It's they the only... also don't lose to the Giants in the regular season. So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, if, if somehow Daniel Jones makes the playoffs. Right. Um, were there... Of my breath. What games on Sunday did you watch or want to touch on, Roland, just so after each game I'm not asking you if you got some? Um... Obviously, Pats, Panthers. I don't think they're... I don't really need to talk about... Oh, well, I guess... I don't know. If we're talking about the Pats, it's because we're talking about Redskins and Jay Gruden. Yeah, that's a good but, point. Um, yeah, when you texted and, and said, like, what's happening with the Pats and, and the Bears, I'm like... I was like, it's a long game. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. If the Pats are still down at halftime, then... I might be concerned, but... Yeah, so for what uh, Roland's talking about, it, I, I wasn't watching the first half of the 1 o'clock games, so I was checking the score, and the Patriots are only up 9-7, to seven, I think, and then right. the Raiders were up on the Bears, and I was just like, what is happening? So, obviously, one of those teams turned it around. It was the Patriots, but... Well, I'm just going to go in order of the ESPN scoreboard of games. First game up after on Sunday was... Cardinals Bengals I paid zero attention to this game because I had no fantasy in this and I have no other desire to watch this game my takeaway though Kyler Murray finally got a win and the Bengals are very very bad I know Andy Dalton's stats are not bad but he's just they don't have enough talent on that team and Andy Dalton is a regular season player good player but other than that i've got nothing for him especially until aj green gets gets back uh yeah same um i watched too much of this game really <laughs> thanks nfl red zone ah. um, <laughs> but it's whatever i mean 
good for Kyler. It's the Bengals. Um, you should have won that game anyway. <laughs> right. Next. I think there was there was at one point when the Bengals had it tied up, and it was like, okay, <laughs> oh yeah, because the Cardinals actually kicked the game-winning field goal. Okay. And I was like, wow, what if the two two un you know the two teams who have who haven't won a game yet tie again <laughs> for the Cardinals again for Jeez. the Cardinals? But they both it would be like so hilarious if if both teams without a win playing each other tied and still don't have wins. Yeah. Uh, next game, Bills-Titans. Bills won 17-14. This was a big win, in my opinion, because if the Bills win, they head into their bye at 4-1, and one, holding a potential tiebreaker over the Titans who could be fighting for that wild card um, spot. The impressive thing about this game was the defense was good. Josh Allen played a little better coming back from a concussion, but the biggest thing was if you just looked at the stand, you probably would have thought it was a Bills home game. Bills Mafia was out and about in Nashville. If you just you just got to like look on Bills social media. It was crazy how many Bills fans were there. Also to note, the Titans kicker missed four field goals in that game wow. and has been cut. That's right. He was cut today. He did get cut? Yes, he wow. was cut. Okay. And you know, I don't think I really blame Vrabel for cutting him. If you're missing four field goals and two of them are less than 40 yards, I, I get it. I get it a lot. Um, but like I said, I'm very happy as a Bills fan. 4-1 and one heading into the bye, and it's not like a fluky 4-1. and one. The Bills yeah. defense is playing great. Um, th- this is unusual territory for me. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Um, so we'll see. Also about the Bills, news just came in. They have traded wide receiver Zay Jones to the Raiders for a 2021 fifth-round pick. This is kind of a big deal as a Bills fan. One, some people kind of predicted this would happen because his snaps have been declining. He hadn't been performing. We called up a practice squad player uh, for this week who caught the game-winning touchdown, and Zay Jones played one snap in this game. But it's a big deal because... The Bills drafted Zay Jones above two receivers. I can't remember one, but one of them was Juju Smith-Schuster. And the Bills traded up to get Zay Jones. So um, let me look this up. Wide receivers taken after Zay Jones. Zay Jones, he was one of the best college receivers, but... Um, he just couldn't put it together in the NFL. He had one run-in with the law, which was really weird. Um, but he just didn't pan out for the Bills. He goes to, I consider, uh, football hell in the Raiders. Right? But I, I shouldn't say that because they are 3-2 and two just beating the Bears in, um, Sorry, in London. Yeah. Um, I guess while you're looking that up, yeah. I, I mean, you guys definitely have at least second place in the AFC East locked up. 
So it's really just a matter of winning enough games to try and get a wild card spot. Or, you know, maybe the Pats lose a game or something, and yeah. you know, then you're right back in, in the hunt for an AFC East title. So, yeah. I mean, they, but I don't think, especially, have we still not heard anything about Sam Darnold? Like, um, I think he could have played this past week, but they decided to wait it okay. out a little more. But he's he's coming back. Okay. Well, they're zero and four. Um, that's kind of hard to come back from, uh, especially since you know the Bills are four and one and the Pats are five and zero. Um, and it's not like the, the Jets have a great team bad. either. Right. Exactly. I mean, some of these games weren't winnable anyway. Um, even with Darnold. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's for the bills. It's just a matter of, of making sure that you win the right games, um, to try and get that wildcard spot at least. So to go along with that, this is the rest of their schedule and I'm going to emphasize the wins. All right. They got uh, 11 games left. Dolphins twice. Redskins. Broncos at Steelers, which I think is a little more winnable now than it used to be, and the Jets. And they all so that's like five wins, right? So that puts us at nine. I don't think we beat the Patriots. I think the Ravens are winnable as it's in Buffalo. Texas, or I'm sorry, Dallas Cowboys. Who knows what Dallas Cowboys team will show up? Especially, a lot of people are considering the Bills' defense to be the second-best defense in football. And then, at Cleveland, could be winnable. I, the two games I know I feel like we will not win are the Eagles and Patriots, at Patriots. But other than that, I think they have a lot of winnable games. I don't think it's unreasonable to say potentially 10 wins. Um, okay, going back to a previous point... The wide receiver Zay Jones was drafted before, and the Bills traded up for Zay Jones include Curtis Samuel. He's okay. Uh, big ones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, uh, Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. Uh, just wait. Just wait. There's more. Chris Godwin, Kareem Hunt, which isn't no. anything special. Well... I mean, he's talented. Uh, Kenny, yeah. Kenny Galladay, who's making some big plays for the uh, Lions. And D.D. Westbrook. Tariq Cohen. And these are, these are just skill positions, right? Like Yeah. Oh, my goodness. George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. The biggest one, obviously, is like Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Because like he's doing real well. I wanted the Bills to draft him, but they wanted Zay Jones. And the Bills have a habit of, if you're at the Senior Bowl, you kind of have some extra points in the Bills. Based on their current draft history, Senior Bowl's big. So, like I said, Bills are 4-1, sitting in very good position. They get to take this bye week to you know, heal up. We got some injuries, and then we play the Dolphins, so... Everyone knows how the Dolphins are doing. The Raiders beat the Bears, surprisingly. I don't know what's going on in Oakland. I don't think anyone would have thought, especially after all the A-B drama, that they'd be good. But they're 3-2. and two. 
They're still in that wild card seat that we talked about last week. I didn't watch it. I don't know how the Bears look. It's interesting. Uh, I, I saw some of it. I mean, it was a good game at the end. The Bears came back. I think they when you texted, they were down like 17 nothing, mm-hmm. And they came back. Um, I think, I might be wrong, but I think they took the lead. Uh, and then I think there were just some turnovers and stuff that, that led. Um, Khalil Mack was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Raiders were able to to keep him from from their QB for a little, you know, except for like a, a sack and a fumble recovery, I think. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They, it was, it was an impressive game. Yeah. I mean, to be <laughs> three and two, to be three and two already where many people thought that was their ceiling. Really impressive. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to look at their schedule, but I, I don't think it's the hardest one. Next game, New Orleans at Buccaneers. So the Saints won 31-24. They're 4-1. They're playing real well without Drew Brees. I haven't heard anything about the fact that Teddy Bridgewater threw for four touchdowns. He's quietly... so underrated. He is, and I think it's just because he hasn't played since the knee injury, but a lot of people thought the Saints would be a defensive team running through Alvin Kamara. It doesn't look like it. So I, I thought the Buccaneers could do something. And I don't know how competitive the game was relative to the score, but for the Saints to be still 4-1 and one without Drew Brees, you got to like their chances coming into Drew Brees' return, who's back to gripping footballs. He's throwing footballs back. So I think Saints fans, you're having the best-case scenario right now. Absolutely. Especially now you know like if Drew Brees retires or... Goes gets injured again. You got Teddy Bridgewater playing real well. Yeah. Uh, next game, I know nothing about. Vikings beat the Giants twenty-eight to ten. Kirk Cousins threw for a bunch of yards. Don't know if they were big throws or if there were a lot of checkdowns. He scored two touchdowns after rumors of Stefan Diggs wanting to be traded and everything. I literally have no information on this game. Um, yeah, all I know is is it made Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen a little bit more happy about the situation. Um, it was kind of a, a bit of a redemption game for for him. I mean, it, it's thrown up against the Giants' defense, which you know isn't isn't the best. Uh, but uh, still, you know, it, they, they definitely took advantage of the situation that they had. So Yeah. The next game, I also don't know much about. The Eagles beat the Jets 31-6. to The only thing I know is that the Eagles defense, who I had in some fantasy team, scored me 35 points. Um, oh. <laughs> so that kind of tells you the Jets need Sam Darnold back. Carson Wentz only threw for one touchdown, so... I know their defense scored twice, so ugly game. The Jets are just so bad without Sam Darnold, and I don't know how they are with Sam Darnold, so we'll see. We will see. Next game on the list, Ravens-Steelers. 
It was a surprisingly close game, in my opinion. I didn't think the Steelers would put up much of a fight. Obviously, the big storyline is Earl Thomas's hit on Mason Rudolph, who was, you know, I, it was it was a nasty looking hit because of the outcome. I just want to know what kind of hit is it gonna take for someone to get thrown out of a game, right? Like we had some nasty hits a couple weeks ago. Um, the Vontez perfect one, he did get thrown out, but. What do you what do you think of the hit? I wish Zay was on to talk about it, obviously, because that's you know his quarterback. But do you think he should have gotten thrown out for that hit? Uh I mean, I'd probably have to watch it again. But I remember thinking that it the fact that he hit him in the face, like he the way his helmet hit him, I was it in the chin or in the face mask or whatever. Mm-hmm. I it just it seemed incidental uh i think it's it's different than the Vontez perfect one oh, okay. um whereas clear like clear like targeting um but it's still i mean i mean he's sh- he's sh- like lights out yeah <laughs> yeah he was knocked out like you see like his his hands all like seized up and like his body just went like limp on the field like he'd literally knocked him out he was knocked out before he hit the ground for sure yeah (laughs) so and you know he's in concussion protocol now um or he was exhibiting concussion like symptoms sorry yeah um he oh he's definitely in the protocol so (laughs) um but yeah i like i said i i don't know I, i i'd probably have to watch it again I didn't think that it was necessarily dirty. I think it was an unfortunate hit. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because, I mean, you got the letter of the law and the rule, but Earl Thomas I don't think is six foot tall, and Mason Rudolph's kind of a big guy. He, The way I, when I think of the play, because I've watched it just a couple times, but he kind of leads with the crown of his helmet, hits him in the head, Obviously, the result speaks for himself, but I don't. It's not like Mason Rudolph was like leaning, like you know how like when Josh Allen got hit, he was kind of running down and put his head down. Mason Rudolph was standing tall, making a throw. I I think you got to throw him out on that one. I know the intent wasn't malicious. I didn't get that, but it's still you know the kind of hit that people don't want to see. So, I got you. I I know. So that's that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm a little soft, but I don't. I, I'm all for big hits. I just don't like seeing people knocked out and, you know, yeah. having to get carted off and stuff like that. But you know, uh, you got to hand it to the Steelers for not giving up at that point. They they came down. They they you know continued their drive with their third string quarterback. Uh, I think they scored, and I mean they literally almost. Did they bring it to overtime? Yeah, so it, it was, wasn't over. It was an overtime. It was an you know? overtime, and the Steelers won the toss, elected to kick, and their defense made a stop. And they all they had to do on their next drive was kick a field goal to win. And Juju Smith-Schuster got the ball knocked out of his hands for a fumble. So yeah. they it, it, they had a chance, and that would have been very impressive. Um, perhaps. Even more unsettling for Ravens fans is how Lamar Jackson has seemingly cooled off a big time from his start 
definitely interesting to watch how that moves forward. I don't know if, if you know, maybe he was just playing really bad defenses, which he was against Miami and the Cardinals, but he also, you know, he's got tough players ahead and people are starting to scheme against him. He might have some tough sled in the head. All right, next game, Roland, I'll let you talk about this one because I didn't watch any of it. Patriots, 33, Redskins, 7. Uh, I mean, <laughs> nice, sorry. Uh, Nash just scored again, so it's 6-1. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of an ugly start. You know, the Pats offense has, has looked a little... Um, has, has looked like they've been struggling a little bit um, the past two weeks. Uh, but they, you know, came out of half, made adjustments, and, uh, you know, ran the ball down Washington's throat. So, um, yeah, that, that's all I really have to say about it. You know, I hope that, that um, Brady and the offense can kind of, you know, figure things out and, and get things clicking again. But, you know, it, I mean, they made the adjustments that they needed to make when they needed to make them, and they got, the, they got it done. So, I mean, yeah, it looked ugly at first, but at the end of the day, the, the final score is all that really matters. Right. Um, I mean, with the Patriots' defense and Tom Brady, you're always in the game. I mean, you saw it last yeah. week against the Bills, right? You're in the yeah. game. Um, more notably, Washington fired their head coach after, I think this was his sixth season, and he's only been, uh, above 500 two of those seasons with one trip to the playoffs. So, uh, Jay Gruden, younger brother, I believe, of John Gruden, um, just got sacked, um, and the offensive coordinator is the interim head coach. He was, uh, I forget his name. But yeah, I, I don't know who he is. Yeah, so uh, he was the head coach of the Raiders, uh, took him to the Super Bowl. I don't know, but there's a reason he's an offensive coordinator now, I think, <laughs> and not a head coach still. So, yeah, I mean... I feel What's like Sorry, what? I feel like he's just being the fall guy. The Redskins are a very dysfunctional organization from the owner down. The GM's not doesn't know how to build a team. Just trade uh Williams your left tackle. He's not going to play for you. Just trade him yeah. away. You get something, he gets happy and there he's just the fall guy and to be honest, I think he's kind of relieved. Jake yeah. is. So Yeah. Um that's just, I mean, I, I was listening to some some D C sports radio today because I wanted to hear some some stuff about the Nats. Mm-hmm. Uh but then I you know, woke up at five AM and saw that Jay Gruden got fired. Uh and that's mostly what they talked about. And yeah, the GM in the in his press conference was basically not taking any any um any accountability for it. Um, yeah, Jay Gruden's totally the fall guy. Dan Snyder, just like Jerry Jones, he meddles. 
in his team. Um, you're never going to really have a super successful organization when when you're an owner that, that meddles in, in the business. So, um, like, you don't see Robert Kraft telling Bill Belichick what, to, what and what not to do, you know? Except when he was going to trade Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's... That's fair. I forgot about that. But other than that, um, you can say it's all worked out. And yeah. even keeping Tom Brady has worked out. Even that has still worked out. Um, but, yeah, I, the main question is, what are they going to do with the quarterback situation now? Because your season's over. You know, you're 0-5. I mean, it's it, it's over. Your, your season's over. Are you going to take this time and try and make the most out of developing Haskins, uh, you know, getting him starts, um, and, you know, putting him in these games, getting him, you know, used to these situations, or are you going to keep rolling with Colt McCoy? So, so here's what I would do. One, I would trade Trent Williams, but that's not going to happen. So I would hold the competition, and sure. if Dwayne Haskins is better than Colt McCoy, you play him. If not, you just let Colt McCoy go out there until maybe like week 10, and then you throw Haskins out there. Just give him... I think Haskins needs a little more time. And then I go out in the offseason, and I hire OC of Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy to be your head coach, and just to help Dwayne Haskins, and just to revamp that offense. Because the defense has personnel. you got to get rid of Josh Norman. But you get an offensive coach... I know Zay wants him to get Mike Tomlin so the Steelers don't have to deal with him. I, I think I think you go with a real offensive guy to help your quarterback. Yeah, I don't see that Mike Tomlin thing happening. I don't either. You mentioned the Jaguars-Panthers. The Panthers won 34-27. The Jaguars had a chance at the end. Minshew was intercepted on a Hail Mary in the end zone, but I think the biggest thing about this game is that the Panthers are 3-0 and with Kyle Allen starting. And yeah. it, it raises the question, you know, what happens when Cam comes back? That was exactly my question while watching this game. I was like, okay, I are they just going to hand it back to Cam? Cause like, you know, I don't know because <laughs> the, when I see highlights, I see a guy, a team that's moving the ball real well. He's spreading the ball around to the playmakers. It helps to have Christian McCaffrey do amazing things for you, but I don't know. Kyle Allen's looking like a more <coughs> excuse me, functional quarterback in this offense than Cam Newton. That's not to take away from what Cam Newton has done in the past, but I feel like the injuries are starting to pile up for Cam, and he's not as effective as he used to be. Yeah, it's it's an interesting storyline, for sure. Yeah. Depending on his contract, maybe they keep him another year, but I, I don't know off the top of my head his contract situation. But the Jaguars still playing tough. Gardner Minshew's doing things no one expected him to do. The Jaguars are 2-3, and three, only one game behind. The Titans, who beat the Falcons 53-32, to 32, that's a good segue if I've ever heard one. But the Oh, I'm sorry. I messed it up. But so here's the thing. Looking at the score, the Falcons were up at halftime 17 to 16 and then were outscored 37 to 15 in the second half. 
Deshaun Watson scores five touchdowns. Will Fuller caught three. Man, the Falcons are a mess. They got to just hit the reset button with yeah. their coaching staff. Which I yeah I don't I don't know what what do you need to do to fix this because like your offense is could easily be a top top five offense you know your running game is is good he's got I mean Matt Ryan's got like six different receivers that he can pass it to um, and I don't know if the defense is. I don't, I don't know much about their defense, but I know when they played the Pats, their defense was young and inexperienced, and that's why they <laughs> got rolled. I mean, um, if you're letting up 53 points right. and your specialty is defense, along with the fact that before the season all of the assistants were let go but not the head coach, that's a big problem. I think they got to get a new head coach in there. Yeah. And yet, um, you have to wonder if maybe that Super Bowl loss is still kind of hanging over them and you just gotta kinda restart get Dan Quinn out of there and just start something else yeah that was a interesting game for sure um I, another game I know nothing about but I'm shocked by the outcome is the Broncos get a win huh. Vic Fangio's first win they beat the Chargers 20-13 to 13. the Chargers just are not the team I thought they were up to this point. Um, yeah, I'll give it another week. We'll see what happens. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe once you know Melvin Gordon's back to full. You know, he he was a little bit limited this week, but. The rest of the offense couldn't get anything going. So, um, yeah, I'll give them another week, but that's it, I think. Yeah, I think I think they're dealing with injuries, but usually Phillip Rivers, who's another year older, maybe he can't carry the team like he used to be able to. All right, next game, Packers-Cowboys. The score makes it look closer than it really was. The Packers really dominated this game. Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones scored four rushing touchdowns. Scoring me a nice 45 fantasy points in some leagues. Really carrying me to victory. But, man, did the the Packers offense and defense look really good. Aaron Rodgers, for once, was not the top scorer in this game. Maybe the Packers are rounding into form as a really well-rounded team. And on the flip side, the Cowboys fall into some injuries and maybe some concerns about Dak Prescott and their ability to win big games. Mm. Packers are quietly 4-1, leading the NFC North. Only lost to a very good team in Philadelphia. Also to note, Amari Cooper had 226 receiving yards and one touchdown. I also had him on the same fantasy team as Aaron Jones. So between the two, oh between the two, I think I had like eighty points or something. It was crazy. I, I'm so upset. I put up a hundred and like forty five points or something like that, and Zeke beat me with hundred and fifty five. Jeez, I those are probably the most frustrating. Definitely. Other than 
when your team can't get over 100. And oh, you're yeah. like, seriously, I put up 180 last week. Yeah. And the Sunday night football game was the Colts against the Chiefs in Kansas City. And the Colts won that game. And they showed a very uh, pretty easy blueprint, theoretically, um, to beat Patrick Mahomes. And that is control the clock and win the time of possession, keep him off the field, and make smart plays. It also helps when the Chiefs have a number of injuries to their offensive line weapons and when an offensive lineman steps on Patrick Mahomes' ankle. But that was in the like the second half, later part of the game. The Colts still won this game in the first half. Uh, halftime score was 13-10. to I think if you're the Patriots, you see this weakness and you can exploit it. I've got a great name. That. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it was just Belichick trading Jacoby Brissett, knowing he'd hand the Chiefs an L two years later to give the Pats control of the AFC. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, the Chiefs are <laughs> the second week in a row. Patrick Mahomes has had a low-level game for his career, but I mean, like three hundred yards and one touchdown. That's still a pretty good game in most people's book. But for Patrick Mahomes, he's got to play very well, especially with their defense not being as great. And if there's any weakness, the Colts exploited it this past weekend. Yeah. I still think that this is like, you know, a case with the Houston Astros. I think it's a a little bit of a blip on the radar. It might be something more. Um, You know, nobody had really had any tape on him last year. People got tape on him this year. You know, obviously people were... He's going to be a little bit more vulnerable, uh, especially, you know, the Chiefs lost Kareem Hunt, um, one of their, you know, top running backs. And Tyree Kill, you know, was out for a, you know, significant portion of the season. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, the Chiefs are still probably number two in the AFC right now still for me, even though they, they got this loss. I think that they're still, um, they're still up there. Yeah. Um, I do think when Tyreek Hill comes back, it will open up the offense more. Uh, this past game, Sammy Watkins got hurt, I think like two plays in. So that never helps when Byron Pringle is like your best wide receiver, like who has him on their fantasy team. So, Still early in the season. They're still 4-1. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, that that noise, noise was our recording telling us we have five minutes until the hour runs up. So we are going to take a short break, get things um, situated so we can just finish up here so we don't have to rush it, and then we'll finish up. All right, we're back after a short, short break. I figure, Roland, to end this, we just I'm just going to go through what I think are games to watch in both college and the NFL this next week. Obviously, you know, watch NHL's back, so watch that. Um, we got college and obviously baseball playoffs, so there's definitely no shortage of sports. But if I am free this all weekend, which I am, the college football games that I will be watching 
if not following, will be the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma versus Texas at 12 o'clock on Fox. I will probably turn on Alabama at Texas A&M at 3.30 on CBS. And then I will watch... Uh, if you have, if you don't have ESPN, turn on USC Notre Dame on NBC or Penn State Iowa on ABC, both at seven thirty. But the game I will definitely be watching is number five LSU versus number seven Florida at eight o'clock on ESPN. I think that's the game of the week. Two top ten teams going at it. Those are the games I keep. A, I will keep a lookout for. All the other games are like meh, nothing special. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And that uh, that Oklahoma Texas one's gonna be good too. Yeah, I mean you got some good games from twelve o'clock till eleven p.m. So can't complain there. To the NFL week six. Yes, week six starts with the Giants Patriots on Thursday night, ends Monday night with Lions and Packers. I like that Monday night game a lot. And by week, you know, we got the Bills, Bears, Colts, and Raiders. So games I will probably be watching are the Texans-Chiefs. I think that can be an explosive game. If you want to watch a really bad football game, watch the Redskins and the Dolphins. (laughs) One of those teams are going to get a win. I think. I think one of them's going to win. Could be wrong. Um, Another good game at 4 o'clock will be the Rams against the Niners. Division rivalry. This is a big game for teams to, you know, take con- some control over the division. And yeah, it's that's kind of it. There's not many great games this weekend. Sunday night is Steelers Chargers. I think before the season started, this was gonna be a good game, but now with the injuries to the Steelers quarterbacks. And the Chargers team as a whole, I think that um, it's not going to be anything special, unfortunately. Yeah. For I, me, um, I think the Lions-Packers game could be could be good. It, it'll definitely you know show if the Lions are actually the real deal or not, because um, they are 2-1-1. One one. Um, the... Uh, 49ers Rams, um, I think will be will be really interesting uh, to see, uh, especially depending on the outcome of this game, which I believe the 49ers are still winning. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones for me, uh, Saints Jags could be interesting. Um, Eagles Vikings as well could could be. You know, could could have some playoff implications, maybe. Um, I don't see three three NFC or NFC North playoff teams, but you know, we'll see what happens. So yeah, if you th- if you're not really big into football, um, baseball, or hockey at this time, <laughs> there are some other things you can watch coming up. There is the. World Championships competitions, World Gymnastics Championships, sorry. Uh, They already started, but they end the 13th. You can watch Simone Biles dominate as she is maybe the best gymnast ever. 
Um, and I think maybe they're swimming. Let me pull up the schedule. <laughs> I want to see. Because I, I, I was watching the the track and field um, world competition. And sure, I don't see anything for swimming. But I see commercials for, like, swimming. So it makes me think that there's a competition. But... Yeah, not, not not a ton outside of there, and I'm sorry I can't give more information, but good slate of college football games for sure, and the NFL is the NFL. So, and so some weird news with that swimming thing, real quick. Okay. I don't know if it's the commercials you've seen, but I like literally just yesterday found out about <laughs> they have a swimming league, like 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 the NFL or. Um, NBA or anything like that. It's like a like a world swimming league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like the international swimming league. It's brand new, just started this year, and I could not think of a worse way to spend three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming from someone who has swam, um, being in the meets is is boring unless you're actually warming up, swimming, or cooling down. Um, I don't know, like, I, I struggle, even sometimes during the Olympics, struggle to watch swimming, um, not necessarily during the Olympics, but, like, Olympic trials or anything like that, swimming is not a fun sport to watch, unless you're watching, like, highlights and very short clips of it, yeah, um, so the fact that they've got, uh, you know, this league, where it's like, it's like a ton of Olympians, too, so, um, that are in it. I, I might check it out, but if you're into misery for three hours uh, and you're not a Redskins or Dolphins fan, then maybe check that out. So I think part of the commercials might be just like NBC hyping up the Olympic trials because the Olympics are in Tokyo next year. So they're kind of getting in people's mind that stuff's going to happen with that. But I could be wrong. So... <laughs> Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up, Roland. John was never able to hop on with us, but I hope Bye. I hope you guys find our quick sum- weekly update useful. If not, let us know what you'd rather hear. If you'd rather hear how our fantasy team does, or if you'd rather us just pick, you know, the, some good games and you know break those down a little more, we can try to do that. For me, I think I do it this way because me being a Bills fan, when I listen to a lot of podcasts, they like to focus on the big market teams, you know, the Packers, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Steelers, those big market teams that have big fan bases and the little guys don't get a ton of credit. And even though we're not breaking down the Jags and Panthers a lot, we're getting some news on them, giving some thoughts on them. So we try to get every team some love. Um, cause like we said, our, one of our goals is to bring awareness to sports and sports news that the big companies like ESPN or Bleacher Report won't necessarily cover, mm-hmm. which is why we talk about hockey a lot. Uh, why we talk about track, why we bring up swimming, maybe some tennis. I know not everyone loves that, but we just, you know, we're trying to reach everyone. So let us know if you like how we break it down. Um, But otherwise, you know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We will be back next week. Hopefully more of the gang will be here. Uh, 
keep good luck keep doing well in your fantasy teams if you are and if you're doing poorly i hope your season turns around and whatever your team is i hope you come away with the win unless you are a redskins dolphins fan and you're really going for that number one overall pick so like i said for roland john zay and myself thanks for tuning in and listen next week